droids are malfunctioning on Plazir 15. Bo-Katan challenges Axe Woves for leadership. Din makes a powerful choice and more as the Sky Guys are back to recap Chapter 22 of The Mandalorian. Alright, we are back here on the sky, guys, recapping chapter 22, Guns for Hire. We did bring in an extra hire gun for this episode. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Phillips. Joining me today, as always, the uh, man who's voicing here in the narration every single week, coming to us live from Coruscant, Pete Considori is here. Pete, how are you? Doing well. I loved uh, today's episode of CSI Mandalorian. Um, but yeah, other than that, excited to talk to you guys about it. You mean you weren't thrilled that we got to see Mando and, uh, and Bo-Katan channel the investigator douche? I was waiting for the law and order, you know, the dun dun. I was waiting for that, but we didn't get it. So, um, is what it is. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll take it as it is. And next up here, the operator of the, the owner of the droid bar, Nick Fred is here. Nick, how are you? Doing well. Two more to go. Um, <clears throat> lots of cover in the next two, but I'm confident that they're going to do a good job. Yep. Also with us today, one of the superstars from our Andor co coverage here. He brought him back from Mandalorian. Vin Gallo is here. Vin, how are you? I'm good, Mike. Happy to be here. Thanks for uh, having me back on. Uh, excited to talk Mandalorian with you guys. Yeah, let's be honest also, Van. When you when we said, let's call on Mandalorian here, I'm sure this is not what you're expecting the episode to be. Not what I expected at all. There's some things in this episode that I never expected to see in a Star Wars movie or a Star Wars show or movie. Yeah, we'll get to all that in a minute here. But Pete, people want to subscribe to this guy, guys. They can do so. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all those suspects. Simply search for the Sky Guys, the favorite podcast platform, well, episodes there. You follow us from Justin and Suffering, you have to wait a few days to get this podcast. So, you want to hear us talking about Lizzo and Jack Black as soon as possible, you got to be on this feed. Yeah, I mean, this episode didn't give me much room to to yell at you to subscribe, but subscribe, right? <laughs> we, we want you guys to, to get the content really quickly. We want the exclusive content um, to be at your fingertips very very quickly at the moment that we release it so definitely subscribe when you can absolutely here nick if you want to follow us on social media how can i do that uh sky guys podcast that's both on instagram and on twitter absolutely here and then people check out our you my youtube page mike phillips on youtube the video version of the podcast we have graphics in here plus i'll bring out the lego props every week and since we got evil r2 i got the regular r2 lego app for us this week looks awesome yeah. love some love me some legos yeah, we do have some Lego news in the mix here, Nick. So, so let's start out here with some Star Wars news. Well, I'll start with the Lego news, because let's do that. There is a new set for the Ghost that came out. or it's Is coming it coming out. out or it came out? It's coming out. Coming out, and one of the playable, or one of the Legos included is Jason Sindula, who is the uh, the son of Hera and Kanan. He appears, I believe, only in the finale for Rebels, right? Yeah, I think there's, like, one other, like, canon-ish thing he appears in also. I think that's really it. Okay. Well, uh, the rumors are, not the rumors, but the speculation is that maybe because of this, he'll be in the Ahsoka show, which I actually would be shocked if he wasn't, to be honest with you. Yeah, P, I mean, we're get, we, know we're, we know kind of we're getting Hera in the show here, and not surprising that her son is going to be in the show as well. It makes sense. I mean, you would hope they would do the right thing, um, or the, the expected thing in that sense. Um, it would definitely be interesting to see. Yeah, you definitely got to buy that ghost set, though, Pete, once it comes out. You you want to send me the money for it? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> expectations are high now. Yeah, no, there's a couple Lego sets that are coming out that are on my radar, so that might be one of them. Here, what else you got, Nick? Uh, related to Ahsoka is something that's been floating around that we never covered is that 
And I don't know how much water this holds, but if you Google Hayden Christensen and you go to stuff that he's in on his IMDb page, it says Ahsoka. I don't know if he's actually going to be in the show. A lot of times that stuff just says that, but it's there. I believe it's accurate, though, Nick, because I believe that, like, Rosario Dawson accidentally leaked this last year. It basically got told, like, oops, you can't really, you can't announce that yet. So I think this might still be here at Celebration this week, Ben. Maybe. Well, yeah, and that's, that. I guess, the, the biggest piece of news also is this weekend is Celebration. It's, I believe, Friday to Monday, if I'm wrong with that. Correct me? No, that's, that's all right. All right, yep, so Friday to Monday is Celebration. So there'll be a bunch of panels. We'll probably have some sort of pod going over everything if there's enough. If not, then we'll just throw it into news on our next pod. And then uh, also Jedi Survivor comes out <clears throat> three weeks from Friday the 7th. So they come out on Friday the 28th. And the reviews are coming in great. A lot of them are saying it's a promising, smarter sequel. It's, an, it's a perfect sequel. And very excited to play. And we discussed Fallen Order on here. I liked it a lot. I thought it was like a nice 8, 8.5 out of 10. So if it's even better, that's great. Uh, Vin, were you ever into uh, uh, Jedi Fallen Order when it came out? I started playing it. Um, it was on Xbox Game Pass, so I started playing it for a little bit. It was fun. I ended up having a child and never came back to it, <laughs> but it was fun. We had, I had a good time. Um, and um, from what I've heard about this game, it seems pretty cool because there's like different Jedi um, fighting styles that you can choose. Um, so it seems seems pretty cool. Um, and I'm, I'll probably pick it up. Yeah, P. I did feel also up at the audience that we're working on some coverage for Jedi Survivor. It might not be immediate, but like within, like I say, hopefully by the end of May, we're gonna have something co cooked up for you guys. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm uh, hopefully going to pick that game up as well. I didn't finish Fallen Order, but I'll probably just go on YouTube and watch the story, so that makes sense when I pick up Survivor. Um, but I'm excited for the game to come out. Like uh, Nick said, the reviews are coming in really, really good. All right, Nick. Anything good that we're good that we're gonna do stuff in like late May because honestly, I want to play the game. And if we talk about it the next week, and you know, our friend the recovery room, Nick Alessio, will probably have it done right away. He'll finish and then he'll spoil the whole game for me. So I'd rather wait a month and then talk about it so I can finish. But the last piece of news is uh, Mando debuts at number three in the Nielsen streaming ratings. That's about it. Yeah, I mean, it's behind. Like it came out after a two and a half year late, Pete. Behind uh, Outer Banks and a Netflix docuseries at the Murdoch Murders, so and not the most promising start for Disney Plus's premiere show. I mean, no. it's but three is still pretty good. No, of all streaming shows, is yeah, that for, not yeah for that for still that impressive for that for that week? It debuted at number three, so we're, we have to keep track and see where it falls afterwards. I think I think Mando has been lacking what the first two seasons had, and that's. Uh, excitement unfortunately for this season and uh, we can get into it a little bit later when we talk about the season as a whole and maybe even after the season ends yeah i i think last point on the news is <clears throat> i had a co-worker a friend of mine who we were having lunch it was a couple weeks ago it was the same day that episode one came out and we were something star wars came up and i was like oh and mandalorian and this and then he's like oh when does that come back he went to watch it it's out today he's like, really he had no idea so like to me it's just I feel like the, the the common person wouldn't even know it's back. It's weird because they did a lot of promotional effort for it too. With like the Super Bowl, with like like all these ads, they had the, the trailer dropped during one of the playoff games. They had a lot of buzz for this thing. So it didn't translate to getting people to watch it. I guess not. But let's let's get into this episode. Yeah, let's get into this episode here. Guns for Hire. First episode, I, I believe it doesn't start with the word "the" in the title here. And Pete, very very, I think. 
Very good start, very good finish, very strange middle. Yeah, I mean, the start was strange, too. I don't... I mean, we'll get to it, but I, yeah. I mean, the overall, the, the episode as a, as a whole was fine. I, I, I agree with you that the, the start and finish were the strongest points, but a little, little bit of a weird start. Yeah, and Vin, I do feel like the internet's very divided this episode where everybody either, like, loves it or hates it. For me, I'm sort of in the camp, you know, like, I had fun with it. I did enjoy a moment. There were points that were just absolutely absurd to me that we got here. But looking at this, I just sort of feel like I wonder, like, if this episode had been maybe the third episode of the season or the sixth, I feel like it's gotten received much better. Yeah, I have a love. I agree, Mike. I have a love hate relationship with this episode. I thought it was. I enjoyed it. Like, there were things in it that I really enjoyed just because I thought they were interesting to watch and it was fun. But again, like you said, you know, we were chatting before the show. This is a weird episode to have as episode six. And it felt like there was this insane side quest that didn't matter to get. It felt like I was playing a video game and there was this absurd side quest. And then I just came back to the main quest at the end. Uh, so that's that's kind of how I felt about it. It was fun, but it didn't matter. So. Yeah, Nick, literally the episode is like Bo-Katan and Mando arrive on this on this planet, Pleaser 5. We're going to go, like, okay, we're going to talk to Axe Wolves and sort of get screwed. And then literally the story is like, nope, you cannot go there. You have to go here and do this first before I can deal, before you can go deal with Axe Wolves. Yeah, it was. It was. I, I typically would be in, in a mood where I'd be like, this is ridiculous. We only have two episodes left. What are they going to do? But I realized today two episodes is a lot. They can introduce something huge next episode and resolve it in the next one, and there wouldn't be an issue with that. I think the season is going to be fine. I'm very confident in the next two episodes should do that story-wise, and this episode was out of left field. And I do have a, a one or two major issues with this episode, but all things considered, it was a fun ride, and uh, a friend of mine told me, a friend of the pod has not been on the pod before, but a friend of mine told me, he said, the show today was a ton of fun. And if you're not watching the show to have fun, then why are you watching the show? Yeah, like I said, I, I was entertained. I was laughing at points. Like, Amanda's kicking kicking battle droids, trying to find a defective one that got me laughing here. Like, a lot of a lot of great goofy side gags. I enjoy, enjoy this, Nick. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get into this episode here. We pick up at the top, Pete. We find out we that the mercenary Mandalorians who were with uh, Bo-Katan and Night Owls become mercenaries. They have the ships that she has. And one of the missions we see is that they went to go retrieve a uh, Mon Calamari prince who basically was like, like fled his royal family to meet up with a Quarren here. Like, what do you think about this as a way to sort of reintroduce like the Axwolves, uh, Casca Reeves crew? Um... I think it was fine. I think having them do a job pretty much to reintroduce them was good. I think Star Wars needs to really get away from this love story crap. It, it just doesn't hit. It really doesn't. I, I get what they were trying to do, um, but especially with the species that they were uh, doing it with and the CGI or puppeteering, whatever they're doing, it just looks so cheesy between the two love interests of the scene. Um, but I, I, I agree with how they introduced. I think I think you need that. I think we need them to to be shown organically, which they did do. I just, I wish the scene was a little bit different. It didn't have to be a love story. It could have been a kidnapping or something, and they could have just retrieved, and that was the end of it. Yeah, Vin, this sort of felt like this is like Star Wars that would do like the, the five minute version of Romeo and Juliet, where like we're gonna go take Romeo back before he runs away to Juliet. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> um, 
It was literally like the two like squid and fish species of uh, Star Wars aliens uh, or races uh, falling in love. It was weird. Um, I thought it was interesting, but again, it had nothing to do with the episode. I guess my question is, and maybe one of you guys can answer, maybe I missed it, was are we supposed to care who they were doing the job for or is it was it just tried to set up that these are just mer- mercenaries they'll do whatever job for for money yeah nick you can take oh, that Nikki. one <laughs> yeah I, I guess no one spoke about it yet so I, I think i need to speak about it this is this was uh moff gideon's ship that they were on i think this answers the question that they're the ones who rescued him last week i don't think they're doing I, the job for him i don't think it does because bo katan and crew had the ship like at the end of the end of the, end of the season I think that they're on his ship because they're working for him. You think they're working for him? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't agree with that. I think that happened. Like, I remember how it happened. I think earlier in that season, season two, when they stole the light cruiser, like, like on uh, Trask, the planet where they where they ended up to go on the ship and they killed uh, the guy who was played by Tyus Welliver. Like, I think that's sort of like they're building up a fleet. I think that's one of the ships on it. I believe that they're the ones who rescued Gideon. That's why there's Beskar. I think it just answers everything. They, they're they the ones who rescued him. That's why there's Beskar there. And that's why... Um... You're saying they got, somebody paid them to do it. I'm saying... I, I don't know if it's... I guess it'd be someone else to tell them to do it, right? Because yeah. I can't imagine Gideon would be like, hey, rescue me, because he probably had no way to contact them. So let's just say for placeholder Thrawn, which is my hope, tells them, rescue Gideon... Lose some odd jobs for us, and there's pay in it for you. Yep. And I would imagine they said yes. All right, so that's our reintroduction to the crew here. And then we do get to see Mando and Bo-Katan and Grogu fly into Plazir 15, a brand new planet here. And Pete, they thank me on this one, because when I first saw it, I'm like, Are we go back? we go back to Mando already? I mean, yeah, I mean, a, a little bit. I think Mandalore looked a little less look more run down than the planet but um it was definitely a cool planet to, to show up on it, it it's a cool looking planet for sure um compared to the other ones we've been on yeah and vin what'd you think about like the automated thickness of this city here where when they land they get like basically redirect their landing pad and then they get onto the uh disneyland tram surface and then basically gets shovel right into the main uh city here to go meet the go meet lizzo and jack black <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, my first thought was uh, was Elon Musk on this planet because they had the Hyperloop going and they didn't even name it something else. They literally called it the Hyperloop and that was exactly what you know Elon Musk is trying to do. So it was pretty interesting. Um, I, I thought something more ominous was going to happen when they got locked in the, uh, the Hyperloop capsule, but Obviously, as we found out, that was not the case. So uh, I thought it was cool. Cool set. Cool. Uh, it kind of was supposed to look like a utopia, I think. So really, I thought it was cool set design. Yeah, Nick, you want to add something? Uh, it reminded me of Thor Ragnarok a lot. Yeah. With the Grandmaster and all that. And and I got to say, um, a lot of cameos here. You had mentioned Jack Black. And then what's her name? Lizzo. Oh, I'm sorry. What was it? Lizzo. Lizzo? Yeah, you don't, you yeah. don't know who Lizzo is? No, I have no idea. Yeah, she's a like a, a, a very famous like singer. I knew she was famous. I just didn't know who she was. But um, I don't mind that they throw in cameos. Also, we get uh, what's his name later, Doctor Brown. Yeah, yeah. Um, and these two though, Jack Black and Lizzo, it takes me out of the especially Jack Black because I know him so well. I don't know if you guys, I I know this Lizzo person was famous, but I don't know who she is, but. 
Jack Black, it just takes me out of it because I'm not thinking about his character. I'm thinking that's Jack Black. Yeah, Pete. Christopher Lloyd, it did not feel the same way. His character was fine. I thought it went well, but with Jack Black, I'm sitting there and I'm not thinking Star Wars anymore. I'm thinking real world. Yeah, Pete, when you want when you watch this, you're sitting there like, wait, is that Jack Black? Because I was sort of like my reaction when I first saw him pop up. I, I knew exactly it was Jack Black. There was no question in my mind that that was Jack Black. And then I also thought it was Lizzo, and I had to look it up just to make sure because I know who she is, but I'm not familiar with her face, and you know, because I'm not really seeing a lot of her on you know my social media or whatever but uh i 100 percent knew that was jack black from the moment he appeared on screen and the first words out of my mouth is they freaking put jack black in star wars how is this how is this a thing like i i i'm with nick it i could not care less i could care less about the character all i kept saying was there's jack ba- black and his like humongous beard and i'm waiting for him to start doing like some school of rock crap or something like that on screen. Yeah, I mean, we got that. We got Lizzo doing the Queen of Hearts thing from uh, Alice in Wonderland. That was also a little weird here. And uh, he definitely did take me out of the episode where it's sort of like, I mean, I his name character is Captain Bombardier, and he apparently is in the Imperial Amnesty program. There's a bunch of plot stuff about how, like, he can't, like, he can rule a planet, but he can't, like, run a military. Like, also, there was stuff like, I can't call him that. It's just it's, it's Jack Black being Jack Black, basically. Yeah, and uh, I think they're also pushing this imperial reintroducement program a little too hard. Yeah, I think that's going to be something significant in the future, either this season or the next. Yeah, absolutely. Here and uh, uh, Nick, I have a I have a game for you here. At a situation, here. a game. Yes. Okay. We know you're a big fan of the Star Wars dinners, and we do see here that. Bo-Katan and Mando get invited to dinner by the Duchess and uh, Jack Black here. So Yeah, but Bosk wasn't there, so yeah. I'm still not happy. Yeah, so we'll give you a choice here. You can go for cocktails at one dinner, you can stay for the entire dinner, or, or you can just bomb the whole dinner party for the third option here. So your options are this dinner, uh, Mothma's dinner party from Andor, or Boa Fett's dinner with the gangsters. Wait, what, you, what are you putting them in? I would, I would stay at Mon Mothma's dinner. I would have a quick drink with Boba Fett and Bosk, and this dinner, this dinner, I would not participate in. Because I, I, I would like to stay longer with Bosk and the gang, but that's just not safe, you know, because <laughs> they don't know what they're going to do. The bounty hunters and all that. Bo-Katan, I'm sure there's a lot of high class there. I mean, maybe some nice food, good cocktails, and this, this one would probably be more or less the same, but just less with people I don't want to talk to. Like I'd love to talk to. Mon Mothma and uh, Sly Moore, but I don't want to talk to whoever the other guys were. I know there was Jack Black and and um, and Lizzo, but I don't know who the other people were. Yeah, and Nick, I mean, you could also maybe you can find our friend with the monocle, who we saw a couple weeks ago. Maybe he's at this part, dinner party at Mon Mothma's. He'd be at the Mon Mothma one more than he'd be at this one. Yeah, which I wonder is Mon Mothma still around in this time period? I, I know she is. Like, I know she's alive, but I wonder what she's up to. Yeah, I wonder what she's up to here. And uh, Vin, what's our way to, you know, like, deal with Grogu in this episode where basically Lizzo says, can I hold Grogu? And Mando's like, he doesn't like strange. And she pulls out like, a little tiny fish. He does a force slip into her arms and he hangs out with her the rest of the episode. Yeah, it seems like they're really leaning into this uh, force flip with Grogu. Uh, apparently, everyone thinks it's super cute. Um, yeah, I thought it was, uh, it was uh, again, I think it's just, I've been listening to a lot of your episodes, and I think it just goes back to the fact that they have no idea what to do with Grogu. <laughs> so they sidelined him with Lizzo, as Lizzo's basically like, uh, 
Paris Hilton's Tinkerbell, uh, and he was just uh, basically her chihuahua for the entire episode. So, um, again, I think they just do not know what to do with Grogu besides try to push merchandise with him. So um, I thought it was it was fine. It was like I said, this was a fun episode and it just added to the fun, but did not add to the story at all. I also did enjoy him like punking them when like she, when Lizzo's playing the game and like he's using the force to give her the perfect score. And she's like, "Oh my god, I did it!" And then like he's sitting there yeah. like doing smirking. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. I, I felt bad for those. I, I, I it was funny because I was listening I, when I was watching that. They had like what were they like giant like bugs, right? That they were rolling like giant pill bugs. I was thinking about. I think it was Mike Brescia was on during um, Boba Fett and his LVP were those poor little like uh oh towel rat. rats yeah the towel rats i was thinking you know i was thinking about that when uh when i saw these poor uh bugs getting thrown and used as basically <laughs> croquet balls so yeah well well that was basically i think uh, nick the metaphor i would describe is actually i'll give you this metaphor here i feel like this episode like this part of it where like uh jack black and lizzo are sort of set up here this feels like star wars in medieval times have you ever been i have uh, P, have you been to medieval times? I have. I like to heckle the knights. Yeah, I feel like this this was medieval. <laughs> this is Star Wars taking medieval times. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I would. It's it, a lot of my lords and my ladies being thrown around there. Um, yeah, I uh, I agree. And Grogu is now the green. And Grogu's the green knight now. Is he really though? He's not doing much. He got knighted by Lizzo at the end of the episode. He did, which is <laughs> ridiculous. But that's neither here nor there. Anyway, Nick, we do find out here what's going on, why they intercepted them, is that apparently, like, they have Axe Wolves and his crew, like, they're paying them to stay outside to be their military force because they're not allowed to be standing military under Captain Bombardier's rule. So they need to hire Mando and Bo-Katan to investigate why some of their droids malfunctioning. And I gotta admit, like, this video of all the droids malfunctioning and, like, completely, like, fritzing on their jobs got me laughing. Yeah, I mean... I mean, it, it makes sense. It makes sense because he was ex-imperial. They don't want the military. It does all make sense. It's just like a lot of, um, like you said, video game. It's like the wall is right in front of you. You got to get to the other side and you can't just walk through it. You can't walk around it. You got to go around the whole entire earth to get there. But they do get there. Yeah, because they, they locked the door. So you had to go get this. Go spend 25 minutes getting the key. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I will also say I did like the sort of, uh, I also I asked Pete. The Empire hiring Jack Black, like, like, does, like, how bad is that? As like one of their officers. I mean, look, I have nothing against Jack Black. I think Jack Black is a great actor in in, in the roles he's played. But this is so out of left field. I mean, like Nick said, it's just it's more of a I just can't not see Jack Black, right? I have to see the actor, not the character. So i can't really blame the empire i guess the empire sees him as as the captain i think that was his rank right or yeah captain lombardia it was a very on the nose title yes so i i I can't dock him too many points i don't think yeah but that's going on here and we do find out uh then we go see he goes and meets christopher lloyd okay commissioner hellgate to who's apparently in charge of the droids and this and would you were you happy to see christopher lloyd pop up in this show Oh, I was very happy to see Christopher Lloyd pop up in this show because, uh, oh, sorry, hit, hit my computer. Uh, Back to the Future is probably my second favorite movie of all time. So I was very happy to see him. Um, It was a roller coaster of emotions. I went, holy shit, is this Jack Black? Oh, shit, it's Lizzo. And I was like, oh, shit, 
it's it's Christopher Lloyd. So it was awesome. It was a roller coaster of emotions there. Loved seeing him. I love that he's still alive. I love that he's still doing this stuff. Uh, so it was really interesting to see. And uh, and a lot of exposition here about the about the um, the droid issue. But I thought it was really interesting how they're repurposed. So like this is uh, Mike, you and I were talking about this before the show, too, is I like all of the world building here about what happened to the Empire afterwards, like the logistics of what actually happened to them. I love this kind of stuff. Um, it's just, you know, a weird detour, but but I but I'm really enjoying all of this kind of, you know, background information. Like, what do you do with all these droids? What do, we got this, you know, we'll get into it. But it was it was interesting. Yeah, Nick, I like that we got the droids involved here in this sense because like we had not seen the droids in live action since 2005. I and mean, I mean we did get like a little to get them in Rebels a little bit in between like now and then, but like it was fun to see, like, the live-action droids coming back, both the uh, regular, regular Battle Droid edition and the Super Battle Droids in the Avengers episode, too. It was, and they got the voice back for them, too. It was nice to see them, and... um, uh, it, it was a fun story here with, you know... I think Pete had said it... I think it was Pete who said it when we started. It was, like, CSI. It, it's 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 it was like one clue led to the next led to the next led to the next it actually reminded me a lot of attack of the clones yeah obi-wan start they, yeah obi-wan's part in attack of the clones he follows this to the to the dart he goes to dex he goes to camino he ends up on geonosis it's it's similar yeah and, and bo katan even says i haven't seen the battle droid since the uh clone wars so yeah yeah, she does. Definitely a fun poll here. And Pete, you get a fun part of the secret, the secret droid episode here, from which I know your favorite Clone Wars episode of all time. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, I don't think I've ever seen, um, not the battle droid. What's the other one called again? The big one. The super battle droids. Super battle droid. I've never seen it run like that. I've always seen it in just very slow steps with its arm pointed out like it's going to shoot something. So seeing it run like a, like a like a running back around the city was was very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it looked human. Nick, it reminded me of the infected from Last of Us the way it was, it was sprinting. Especially because oh, that wasn't the characteristic of the droid from what we've seen no. in in live action or even animated canon. Right, we haven't yeah. seen a, a droid run like that. You know, yeah. a super battle droid. Assume you run like that, or regular ones. They never really ran like that either. Well, yeah, the, the looked, regular battle droids had a little bit of pep in their step. Yeah, these these guys were like marked, like legit, just marched, and that was it. Yeah, and this is their first time, I guess. You know, getting on their horse. Yeah, and then Pete, we do see that uh, Mando and Bo Katan go to the next clue. They go from they were from a uh, Hellgate. Go talk to the Ugnaughts and Sublo. They'll help you point you in the right direction here. So it was fun seeing the Ugnaughts, and it was a good callback from Mando that Bo Katan no idea how to talk to them, and Bo and Mando references Keel and speaks in their in their dialect and. Drops the I have spoken to the end. I thought that was a, f- a great callback to season one. Yeah, a hundred percent. I really like this part, and I think it, it's a great callback. But also, it stays true. It stays true to the story, and it actually helps you know keep that storyline relevant from season one. Yeah, Vang, were you happy they they called back to, to Queel there and had Mando sort of be the one who was interpreting for Bo-Katan how to deal with these Ugnaughts? Oh yeah, no, I loved it. It was uh, <laughs> what I thought about was. Uh... It, it was setting up like this buddy cop uh type type deal with Bo Katan and uh and and Mando because they they were both like complimenting each other's like skills. He was good with the Ugonauts and then 
um, you know, she was criticizing him for being too tough on the droids. Uh, so it was kind of interesting. And and it was, and it was nice to see the Uganauts back. And it was, it was nice to see the connection because obviously he had the connection uh, with Queel and it was nice to see him, you know, take that to heart. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And they could crack character detail on Mando's part to explain to Bo-Katan, like, hey, like, if you criticize their work, you're not going to get their cooperation. So he's very clear with him to phrase, like, hey, like, we, we trust your work. We know it's great, but like, we want to help you fix the problem so we don't have any more issues with the droids, like, getting shut down. Yeah, and they're known yep. as the hardest workers in the galaxy. And it was nice to know that um, when Mando spoke of Kiel, they recognized his name. And that's 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 nice. I mean, actually, to be honest, with you, when I first heard, I thought it was a little ridiculous. I know they all know each other, kind of thing. But maybe he was just a, a famous one or something, or maybe there weren't that many of them. Who knows? Well, I mean, he's famous. I mean, he got himself like he worked hard enough to get himself free and not have to work for anybody. So I'm sure that's probably the tale that went around though, that the Ugnaught community. I guess so. And if they value work, he must be like the role model. Yeah, I'm sure he is. And then we do see they go get the. Like I location the next droid here and Pete. This was a lot of fun also when Bo-Katan is questioning the battle droid, like the regular battle droid he's giving them orders, and man was just kicking super battle droids to find out which one will, will freak out. That was so, like that got me laughing too. It was good. I enjoyed it. Um, it it was a fun sequence, and then we get the whole running super battle droid part after. Um, it it, it seems to me, and I think we've kind of saw this throughout the season. We can talk about it a little bit later in the episode too. It seems to me that. Bo-Katan has become the more serious character and Mando's more of the I'm just going to do what I need to do and figure it out my way kind of so to speak you know Mando was always the one that was by the creed by the rules now I see that shifting weirdly enough in this season um, so it's interesting to see that shift with Mando I don't think Mando would have been doing that season one or two no Mando's like like letting, like, like uh, letting his uh, like what do you call it he's like loosening the cape a little bit I, I think that Mando, <clears throat> his goal was two things. One is to protect Rogu and get him somewhere safe away from the Empire, and he did. And two was to find the rest of the covert decreed, and he did. So he's just he's living life. He had, he, you know what I mean? Like he he doesn't have a mission anymore. His mission now is like Help I'm just hanging out. Whatever someone wants me to do, yeah, I'm part of it. I'll kick droids. Yeah, it's almost like comedic relief at this point. Yeah, a little bit. And then we do finally get the droid bar here. And Vin, what did you think of the droid bar when we first see it? Um, at first I was like, droid bar? This, is, this doesn't make any sense. But I, I, I liked it. It was kind of like flipping the script on automation. You know, like how we're all afraid of robots replacing us. And they're all afraid of uh, the humans replacing them. So I thought it was pretty cool. The droid bar looked cool. I like the bartender. Um, Daft Punk bartender. Yeah, Daft Puck bartender, more intelligent than I thought a droid maybe should be, but uh, but it was cool. It was cool. It was a it was a, a cool set, um, and it kind of set up like an interest again, like all these like little world building things I like. Um, so it set up an interesting thing. Like the droids are worried about you know getting getting exterminated basically. Um, so it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I really and I really liked the design of the Daft Punk droid. So it was uh it was it was pretty awesome. Yeah, Nick, I did but also... again, it didn't feel Star Wars, kind of like how the Jack Plaque and Lizzo didn't feel Star Wars. This this droid didn't really feel like Star Wars either. But yeah, Nick, I also did like the fact we get a little bit of the inverse of like the famous bar scene episode four, where like the where Luke and Obi Wan walk into the droids, like no droids here, and then here Mando and Bokan the only organic people in a, dro- a bar full. Yes, yeah. he says we don't serve their kind. Yeah, 
And it seems like they don't serve this this kind. Yeah, humans. I mean, I mean Bo-Katan and men aren't drinking oil. Yeah, there was a cool looking three PO in there. I don't know if you saw it. The blue one. Yeah, it was really cool yeah. looking. Yeah. I enjoyed of, that very much. There are a lot of nifty dro looking droids in there here, and uh, Pete, this does sort of lead to the 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 droid tender droid saying, "Hey, you know, like we got like like we we value helping the organics. They created us. We do a bond with them." He sends them upstairs to the morgue with the with the uh, droid that got destroyed, and then. We found they've been drinking tainted oil. So, like, I was, like, sitting here, like, what the hell is we doing here now? Yeah, I mean, the the uh, the oil thing makes sense. They did a good job explaining it. Um, if they would have not explained it, I would have been very, 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 very confused. Um, but it, it, it all ties together. Um, we find out those droids are not getting the correct oil that helps their reprogramming stick if you will yeah. um and, and that's kind of why they're all going haywire so it was it was a good it was a good scene good scene we do find out from from the autopsy that the oil's untainted by our friend C commissioner hellgate so we go back and christopher lloyd around there because a diehard separatist yeah that's that, that that was really cool to see because this whole entire season this episode has been about where is the Empire now? What happened after things shut down? Which is nice to know, because we don't know that answer. We got the answer of what happened with the Rebels. They became the New Republic, right? For the most part. You know, they, they incorporated some, uh, you know, some government and all that. But what happened to the Empire? And now we're finding out in the season. Now we're finding out, well, what happened to the Separatists? And here's one of them. Yeah, certainly a lot of fun to see, like, get his monologue of how, like, Count Duke was, like, was right. Like, we didn't, like, doesn't matter if it's the Republic, the Empire, the Clone Wars. Like, I'm still on this side here. Although, Van, I will say, uh, his giant, like, red button of, like, I hit this button, all the droids go back. That felt very stupid to me. The scene was supposed to be serious. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the two problems I had with this episode was, was that scene. It was ridiculous that well why and also i don't understand why he would even have that button to begin with and doesn't make any sense and i also just to take like five minute rewind too was i i didn't like the um the like the techno mumbo jumbo and uh and like the weird investigative um discussion when she was on the computer and making basically making up nonsense words these two things i really didn't didn't like about the episode um but you know, I love Christopher Lloyd, so I'm a little partial, but still, big red button, yeah. pretty dumb, hey, <laughs> pretty he, dumb. And he, 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 he just arrived, saw Wall, and the Polka just tased him. Exactly, and then like, what he, what do you think was going to happen? He was still, he was still screwed. So yeah, he's still screwed. We get the block, little guys, yada yada, the part where Grogu gets knighted, and like they sort of go meet here. The fun part now, Pete. Bo-Katan, we finally completed the, we found the key, we got outside, we got back to find Axe Woves and crew, and then Axe Woves and Bo-Katan Bo challenges him for leadership of the Mandalorian crew they had there. This was a lot of fun watching this fight. Great fight. Uh, a little short, but I think it should have been. I think it's, it was what it should be, and, uh, you know, it, the fight's not important, though. You know Bo-Katan's going to win from the second it starts. What's important is what Axe Woves says after the fight. Yeah, Pete, like, what'd you think about this fight? And then Axwell was going like, eh, like, you know, like, even though you beat me, like, I still recognize you because, like, he has the Darksaber. He's not really one of us. And you you are not really a leader if you don't have it. I think this scene, this last five minutes of the episode is, is very impactful. I think Bo-Katan shows herself as a leader by defending Din Djarin, Um 
who is from one of the moons of Mandalore, by the way, right? Isn't he from Concordia? Yeah, they say he's from Concordia. Right. So technically not Mandalorian, but he's pretty much there and he took the creed. So she defends him. Um, another thing happens where Din helps Bo, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but the fight itself was good, creative. I liked it. Um, I entertaining to say the least. It was very entertaining here. And then we do sort of get the end here after Axwell was criticized Bo Katan about, oh, you know, like you're you're not worthy, you don't have the dark saber. Mando quickly goes through this line of logic here, like, hey, like, I was captured, she saved me, I lost the Darksaber, she beat the guy who had me, therefore, like, she should have the Darksaber. And the Axel's like, yeah, she should, and therefore he hand, he's a, he, he finally was able to yield it and she accepts it, so, did it bother you? This is the lie of logic to get, get the Darksaber out of Mando's hands, back into Boca's hands. Um, didn't really bother me. Um, and the reason is, is because when that episode happened, I thought to myself, well, doesn't she get the dark saber now? So I thought I was crazy, but I was like, she saved his life. Technically he lost the dark saber in the process. Isn't it really hers now? Um, so it didn't, it didn't bother me. It was kind of anticlimactic from like a storytelling perspective, but, um, it didn't bother me because I honestly wondered that wondered why it wasn't hers after that whole fight. Um, you know, a few episodes ago. So um, I thought it was interesting. Um, I don't, I didn't know why she didn't take it back to begin with, because I know that's all she's been wanting. Um, so maybe there's just mutual respect there, but yeah, I think she was mind. waiting for someone to, what's the word I'm looking for? C- comfort her into taking it because she knew it was the wrong way. And having Axwell say that, that he agrees comforts her into taking it because of what happened the last time she had it. But I think the main takeaway of all of this is that Bo-Katan is the main character of this show, not Mando. And the reason I can say that now is... At least this season. Yeah. Prior to the season, she wasn't. Yeah, I agreed. But I think the, the main thing to take away here is that all of these Mandalorians are crazy in their own way. They all have arbitrary rules that they follow that no one else can. So, for example, Mando... And the armor and all them, they don't take their helmet off. This is the way, all that stuff. It's completely outdated. Axe wolves in them. They don't agree with that stuff, but they agree with you must defeat the person who held this sword or else you can't hold this sword. It's They're all looking at different ends of this. They're all saying crazy things from different angles. When in reality, Bo-Katan lied, what sort of looking for, runs the fine line or rides the fine line. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, she, the armor said last the, week. She says she walks in both worlds. Exactly. She walks in exactly what the armorer said. She walks in both worlds and she is over all of this. You can't take your helmet off, but you have to hold this sword and you have to ride this beast and you have to be from this planet to be one of us. Like, no. And all of that, everyone come together. And I don't know. Here's the one question I have, though. If they unite Mandalore, what are they going to do? Like, what's their plan? Are they going to, like, start an uprising and beat somebody up or or just, hey, we're all here. Let's eat. Like, what's the point? I guess, like, reclaim the honor of their homeworld. I guess that's it. Yeah, but they, I think they can do that now, and Bo-Katan can do that and can be that leader because she, as you said, the armorer said, she walks both worlds and she doesn't follow these stupid arbitrary rules. And that all started... When Maul killed uh, Vizsla in the Clone Wars, that's when she's realized. I think that's when she realized what like these rules are ridiculous. Now this guy's in charge. Yeah, yeah, certainly a fair point here. And uh, Pete, there's a point Nick brings up here too, where sort of like this season, like 
like in terms of like Mando's storyline, I mean, after he gets bathed in the waters of Mando in episode two, is he what has he really done so aside from being Bo-Katan's psychic? I mean, nothing. Um, and and I want you to come back to me on this about the overall thoughts of the episode later um, about Din Djarin's character, but he's he's done nothing. There has not been any sort of, in my opinion, significance. The only thing that I feel like he's done really well is he's been a great pilot. I mean, we saw that in the the pirate episode last week. Um, and he is now more comic relief than I think, like Nick was saying, than, than this badass guy in Mandalorian armor. Um, but when we get to the, the grading of the episode, I just do want to talk about something really quick. Yeah, it sounds good here. I think also, like, Vin, I would agree with that point. I feel like Mando's more of the muscle now in terms of being the guy that's supposed to be the guy who's driving the storyline. Yeah, and I think that's the problem a lot of people have been talking about with this series. It just feels aimless. Um, it feels, yeah, it feels like it's not going anywhere. And I think maybe the main problem is, is that the main focus has been the Mandalorian in Jardin. And now he he's not really doing anything um, and it, he's not interesting anymore. Like his, his story arc kind of ended where he found his purpose. It was taking care of Gro- being Grogu's dad. What you know, what else is there? You know what I mean? So now I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying the Bo-Katan stuff. I really am. But I guess it doesn't align with the expectations that I had when I went into the show. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's the Bo-Katan show. I don't I guess as long as we're honest about it, I don't really have a problem with it, but uh, yeah, Mando, I don't know. There's nothing. He's not doing anything. I would imagine something big is going to happen in the next one or two episodes involving Mando and or Grogu. That's going to make season four all about Mando. Yeah, it has to, it has to, if you're going to keep, if you're, if he's going to be your main character, there has, there has, he doesn't have any purpose anymore. Um, you know, I, I don't want to have like, I'm not here to watch a everyday show just about how he takes care of his son, <laughs> Grogu, you know what I mean? With, yeah. With the, um, okay. so he needs to, with the covert. Exactly. So that's my, you know, that's my thought on it. It just feels rudderless right now. Nick, two points before we get to the trackers real quick here. Number one, we said last year we did the star Wars character bracket. Bo-Katan was in the bracket. She racked back to the winner of the bracket. She ended up getting the next star Wars show. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Because I know technically he's not titled her show, but this basically is the Bo-Katan show. So it's the Bo-Katan season. Well, let's let's be real. The Mandalorian is not it's not the Din Djarin. She is a Mandalorian. So technically it could be any Mandalorian show if you want to really go that technical. I would think. I just really hope they stop calling him the Mandalorian on the show. I talked about this last week or maybe two weeks ago, but call him Din. They're so there's so many of them. Yeah. There, when there was just one, it made sense. Now there's a bunch of them. It doesn't make sense anymore. So if they stop calling him that, then yeah, I can completely agree with Pete and say this is about Mandalorians. It's about the Mandalorian race. Yeah. I, I have a question about that. Um, is there anything in the current canon, you know, in any of the future movies or any of the comics or whatever that indicate that Mandalore comes back? And is restored. Um, that we're working for the towards. comics, but not in the movies. Okay, yeah, I, I I just figured you guys watch a lot of the extra stuff, um, so I was curious. Yeah, I don't think it's anything's confirmed yet. I think like there's a very unex- unexplored area for them to work in. Got it. I I don't think anything happened with with um 
I think all we're seeing in this show is all we know about Mandalore after, um, the like the purge. Yep. Got it. Got it. Interesting. Okay. Right. And thing two, and point two, Nick. And I think this is something we talked about off here. I don't know we brought it on there yet, but like, if we had taken the stuff that Mando got in Book of Boba Fett out of Boba Fett, put it in here, had it be part of the season, how much better are we talking about this right now? We're talking about a fantastic season, but. We're talking about that much slower of a progression in the story, where if the end of this season was, let's say, him say, uh, reuniting with Grogu, we're then talking season four in 2025 being this. We're then talking my assumption season five, which would be really season four, is when we start incorporating other shows like Ahsoka and Thrawn and all that. You're looking at 2027. So although, yeah, it'd be better, you're kind of speeding things up by two years and Hopefully, if things come together, like I'm assuming they will with Thrawn and Ahsoka and all that, it'll happen much sooner. No, no my point is like more like if we keep the same pace, assuming that they made a decision after season two, oh, we have to bring Grogu and Mandu back together immediately. Let's say we drop those two episodes into, you know, season three and sort of ignore the Boba Fett subplots here. We just do that stuff. We sort of condense what we've done over these six episodes into the middle of three. I think we're in a much faster pace. I think we're enjoying it a lot more. I just don't think they would have brought Kroger back in episode three of a season. I think they would have brought him back at the end of the season, and that would have been an entire season. What we saw in Boba Fett would have been stretched out. All right, so we'll agree or disagree on that. Let's go ahead now. Let's get to some of our trackers here. And Nick, for the first time this season, we have action on the character draft. So I'm going to go here and put that we up. did, and I got to be honest with you. When they were fighting, I was so happy because I'm like, oh, my God, if she kills him, I'm going to get all the rest, and you're only going to get one. But she didn't kill him. Yeah, so, Vin, this is what we do every uh, live action show. We have the character draft going on here. Here are the teams right now. Pete's team is Sabine Wren, Fennec Shan, Cobb Vanth, and Cad Bane. Not on the board yet. Nick's team picked up point with Casca Reeves this week. He goes to Ahsoka, Thrawn, and Black K. I also picked up point with Axe Wolves. I also have Boa Fett, Mayfell, and Han Solo. How do you feel about these teams, Vin? Sorry, I was muted. I have to say, Mike, uh, I mean, I don't, besides Han Solo... Um, I think you're, you have a, you have a great team here. So, um, I don't know how you got Boba Fett and Axe Woves, but, uh, great picks on your end. Yeah. I think the challenge here, I feel like right now, the assumption is that like you and I are each going to get three points because I feel like they're both going to be the next two episodes. Like who else on our team shows up to break the tie? Yeah. Unless one of them dies, which I, I was concerned. I was happy thinking that Axe Woves may have died in that fight, but I also saw in the middle of the fight. Tosca Reeves gave like a look in the middle of it. I go, oh, no, she's going to be the one that dies. So as long as one of them don't die, I think me and you are getting three each. But even if they do die, I think they would die in the finale, not next episode. Yeah, but that, that would, we would still get the credit for the appearance, though. Exactly. So I think we'll be good there either way. So it comes down to the other people there. And I mean, it's possible we see Ahsoka. I, I, I said possible we see Mayfeld. But I think if you see Boba, I think you're seeing Black K. So I think we're in the same boat here. I don't. I don't know if Black K is going to be as involved though. I feel like if it's if it's I think it's Boba and Fennec. I don't think it's. I think it, I think Black K was a one job, one gig job. And the and the and and the Cyberpunk Power Rangers. But honestly, I think I think my it's, honest my honest opinion, and I know it sounds biased because I'm picking my team to win here. My honest opinion is the final score will be four to three. I don't. I can't speak for Pete's team. I have no idea what they're going to do there. But my honest opinion is. Reeves and Wolves will each get three, and Thrawn will get one at the end of the season, and that'll be it. Yeah, my opinion is personally, I think it's going to have to Thrawn and Boa Fett, I think, and see who wins this draft. Yeah. Like, if Boa Fett shows up next week, and he's there in the finale, too, I can win 5-4. Yep. I'm just hoping I get that Thrawn appearance, and I would imagine we both get three on our Mandalorian picks. 
Alright, so that's the character draft here. Now we're get to our trackers, the things we keep track of every single week here on the podcast here. And Nick, I'll start out with this one here. Of all the episodes of live action Star Wars, how is this Mando not how is Hondo not in this one? I'm sorry, you cut out for a quick second. You said you said all the episodes of live action Star Wars, how is How's Hondo not here? You think you could have been on that at the dinner table? You could have been at the dinner table. Yeah, could have had Hondo at the dinner table. This was the perfect episode of Hondo. I mean, you could you could you could have him hanging out with Jack Black and Lizzo for an entire an entire episode. Very true. And uh, don't forget, Mike. When we get to our little debate about one of our trackers here, we're gonna ask Vin his opinion, but we're not gonna let him know who thinks what. He's gonna have to determine that on his own. Yeah. So right now, that's eighteen. Right. Yeah, still eighteen Hondos overall. No, no action there. Uh, next up here, uh, Vin, uh, Bo-Katan, we're talking about she appears here, so another one on the board, we're up to 19 Bo-Katan appears across all Star Wars. That, that, that makes sense. Um, I like Bo-Katan. Yeah. Um, she's a good character. Yeah, I call this the premiere, premiere too, I said, like, when I saw that Katie Sackhoff was getting main credit billing alongside Peter Pascal, like, she's gonna be her, she's gonna be our main character, the second main character of the season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mike, were, I think that's very interesting because I think she was only in Clone Wars and Rebels combined nine episodes. No, we had the counter going. She was in 13. And how many is she in here? Actually, hold on. I got to do reverse math here. They take six off of here and then two off of uh, Mando. So 11 total combined. So 11 total compared to eight in this show now. So she's almost been in this show as much as she's been in the animated, which is crazy to think. That's, yeah. my, that's my point, really. Yeah, it's crazy. They really pick her character. I said she's gonna be one of our main characters going forward. Yeah. Yep. So Pete, we reactivated the dark saber finally. So Bo-Katan now has updated the graphic to reflect this. Uh, so we're up to uh, seventeen dark saber appearances in the history of Star Wars. Yeah, I'm hoping we get more. I'm hoping that the dark saber is is utilized uh, here in the last two episodes of Mandalorian. Yep. So uh, next up here, uh, Nick. He did catch uh, R5 was on the ship with them when they flew to Plazier 5, so he counts as a live-action cameo again. So we're up to 19 so far. I actually did not catch that. Good catch. Yeah, I know. He was hanging out on the ship. He didn't go inside with them, though. So, Oh, actually, okay, uh, one more I got to mention here, too. The battle droids. I gave them credit as a group. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Okay, so they're on the board here. Uh, Nick, I mean, Vin, animated cameos here. Bo-Katan activates this, too, so we're up to... Uh, 13 MA cameras on the course of Mandalorian. was basically all Bo-Katan and one Zeb from last week. Yeah, what was that last piece, Mike? You cut out, I'm sorry. You said all right, we have 13 MA cameos in the history of Mandalorian, 12 from Bo-Katan, and one is last week's Zeb shout-out. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, and what I, I listened to the podcast last week. What, what is Zeb from? Is he from Rebels? Yeah, he's from Rebels, one of the main characters. Yeah, yeah he he looked he looked really cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's I, I like the stuff. Where they take this take uh, characters uh, from the animated and make them uh, live action, I think it looks really cool, um, and it brings the you know kind of makes the universe a little more coalesced. So really cool, but uh, yeah, Bo-Katan, awesome character. Really liked Zeb last week. All right, so next up here, Pete, we got Plazier fifteen on the board for the planet, so eighteen planets now. That's through all the seasons, correct? Yep, including Boba. Obviously not this season, yeah. No, it's great. It's uh, I like that we have a lot of plants that we're hitting a lot of them. Yep. Next up here, Nick. This is the way it was not said this week, so we're still stuck on forty-five. For what? What do you say? For this is the way. Yeah, no, this is the way this week. 
So I think it's time that Pete asks Vin our question because he won't know because Pete is a neutral party here and Vin is a neutral party. So we we got two more before we get to Please. that one. Okay. Uh, next up here, I'll go to uh, Pete. The Mando jobs here. This technically is a job because they they made him do this to get the get like, solve the droid question to get outside. So that's uh, ten jobs now for Mando. Yeah, that's fine. I think we uh, I think we moved away from the jobs pretty much for a little bit here in the season, so I'm okay with it. All right. Next up here, uh, Vin. We also keep track of the number of times that Grogu has eaten over the course of the show. So we're up to 12 now. He got, the, he got fed by Lizzo this week. Yeah, you got a little uh, fish snack this uh, he, this episode. Um, you got the Star Wars. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. You got the Star Wars anchovy. Yep, he did. Yeah. And uh, he was her little... Uh, pocket pet for the rest of the episode so all right here so before we get to the last point here uh pete you want to explain the debate we're having over the uh mandalorian tracker but please be please be very clear that do not state who is in what beliefs sure we're talking about that this is the way tracker no, correct no, no, yes no the name mandalorian tracker oh i thought we were talking about this i thought we were talking about this is the way one actually there's, there's two no the name mandalorian is what we're gonna ask it about there's two so yeah, I, actually, both of them I'd like to ask Finn about. Forgot yeah. about that one. Right. That one okay. I feel a lot more strongly on. So I'll do the This Is The Way one because I'm a little more in tune with that one. The name Mandalorian one, I feel like I know what it is, but I'll have one of you guys explain it. So, Vin, This Is The Way. It's obviously said in the in the show a bunch of times. We have a split camp here. When we have the full covert saying This Is The Way, one of the people on the podcast says that it should count for multiple this is the ways when the whole group says it. One other person says, no, it's just one collective this is the way and only counts once once for the tracker. So in your opinion, because I am very neutral on it, I really, at this point, it's it's whatever to me when it comes to the counting. Do you think if, let's say, 30 Mandalorians say this is the way all at once, that counts as 30 for the tracker? Or does it count as one for the tracker because it was said once collectively? I feel very strongly that it should be only counted once. <laughs> I don't know who is who, but I feel very strongly that it should be only counted once. You were against me, but now here's the second point. And that, this one, I feel I don't feel strongly about that one. I feel very strongly about this one to a point that... Before we get to that one, I want to say thank you, Van, for taking okay. my side on that one. I don't always have to count the Mandalorian saying it. So it You're, you're welcome, because you... Uh, you would have had to count a lot of a lot of Mandalorians in the background. So. Uh, th this one I feel in, incredibly strong about. This is named Mandalorians. That's the last tracker. Na named Mandalorians. We have Vizsla's son. I forget his name. Ragnar. Ragnar. We're counting him as a named Mandalorian, but we are not counting Grogu. They're both foundlings of the Mandalorian. The only difference is that one wears a helmet and one doesn't. So you can break. I the, think you, you, you either have to count none of them, or you have to count both of them. Whichever way, I don't care. But you can't count one and not the other. This one, so I'm, to I'm, I'm fine amending it either way. So I'm fine going with Vin breaking the tie here. Pete, you want to weigh in? So, so Vin, just to just to to clarify something, the reason why this debate came up is because the armorer says that the reason why Grogu is not wearing a helmet is because he's not old enough to speak the creed. Hmm. She never said he's not Mandalorian. She never said that he would take the creed. It's just he was not old enough to wear a helmet. Because, excuse me. He's not old enough to speak the creed, and that's why he does not have to wear a helmet. So that's where the debate came in. Yeah, my, my opinion, it. the debate comes to you either count an apprentice as a Jedi or you don't. You don't say this one's accounts because he's older and this one doesn't count because he's younger. You either count them or you don't count them. Whichever way we decide, 
I don't care, but I think it needs to be consistent. Yeah, it's an easy fix all mm-hmm. over me, so I don't really care what way Vin feels, so. This is a tough one. My gut feeling is that Grogu, Grogu is not a Mandalorian, however. But he is. Like, I, they said he I, is. That's why I just however, don't understand how it could be. However, however he's not, he's not, he's not Mickey, yet. however, I think he, based on the arguments that you've presented, I think you have to count him as a Mandalorian based on what the armor says. Because he said, like like Pete said, he's the only reason he's not wearing a helmet is because he can't speak the creed, but he is considered Mandalorian. So I think you got to count him, unfortunately, fortunately for uh, the tracker. All right. So I'll update it next week. I'll put Grogu in the track. I have I have spoken. He has been spoken. So I will. Update- so I, they need to be consistent, which is what I agree with. But yeah. you're, you're saying, you said yes, count, you count foundlings as Mandalorians. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah if they're I'm, accepted I'm, into the... I'm fine with you saying no. I just need it just needs to be consistent. That's my argument. Yeah. Because right I now we're it's... saying one counts and one doesn't, and that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think if you're going if they're letting them into the Mandalorian in the coverts race, whatever yeah, whatever you want to call it, then then they're Mandalorian. And that's not a, that's not an easy thing to do. So I think uh, I think we count it. All right. So I'll update this next week. Right now I had it at uh I had it at uh, 23 because I added in uh, uh, Asworld and Casca Reese along with Bo-Katan and Mando again. So I'll double check this next week. I'll double check if we have more than one Ragnar in there. But to, to me, this is the main right away jump out answer to this, which I know we've already agreed on it. But if you go to the Wikipedia page for Grogu, it says right away, Grogu was a male force sensitive Mandalorian. That's the first sentence. All right, so next thing I'll do the tracker, I'll put it, I'll put in his seven along with how many Ragnars we have. Because I, I have to double check if Ragnar was in the premiere or not. Because I don't remember if he was. I think he was. He was the kid in the beginning. I'll confirm that next week. I'll update the tracker appropriately. Um, yeah, I'm almost positive. But should you should confirm that. All right, so next up here, we'll go to the MVP LVP board. The one of my favorite parts is the best and worst characters of the season thus far as ranked by us here. So here's where we're at through five episodes of season three. Bo-Katan's top of the leaderboard, plus four. Mando is second at plus three. Our plus twos are Elliot Kane, Grogu, and Carson Tava from last week. Moff Gideon, plus one off-screen from Mike Brescia. Keller and Beck from me, plus one for the reason why we have this show. Negative ones, Palimato, Dr. Pershing, and Nick's favorite, Dr. Twi'lek. You explain that one, Vin? Uh, Vin, if you remember the episode when um, they were on Coruscant for the entire time with Elliot yep. Kane and Dr. Pershing, at the end, the Twi'lek Doctor left his station and let her put the knob up to 11 or whatever it goes to. Mm-hmm. And I gave him the LVP for leaving his workstation around her. I thought that was Got absurd. It. That is absurd. All right, so that's here. Bane the Pirates, negative two. Negative threes, the New Republic as a whole, and Paz Vizsla, and the Armorer bring up the rear at negative four. No armor or pads this week. Not really New Republic. So we got some go some new directions here for the LVP section here. So we'll start off with the positive though. So P, who is the MVP of the week? Uh, I'm giving it to Bo Katan. She uh, she's able to solve with Mando the the droid mystery. Um, she's able to bring um, Christopher Lloyd's character to justice, and also she's able to defeat Axe Woves and convince them. Um, with the help of Mando a little bit, um, convince them that she's the true leader of Mandalore. So, give her the MVP. Uh, Nick, who's your MVP? Same. Nothing to add. Bo-Katan. Uh, Vin, who do you have on the MVP section this week? 
gonna go for the triple crown here Bo-Katan she uh I mean she got the dark saber that's all you gotta say you're um, gonna do you're gonna do something crazy aren't you Mike no I was gonna with the Mando Fine. I feel like Mando, he finds the defective droid by kicking the droids. He communicates with the Ugnaz. We don't get through the investigation if he doesn't do this properly here. And he used the, the uh, loop and logic to sort of get bo the Darksaber so that she can roll Mandalore. So Mando has a very important part to play this week. Next up here, LVP section. Nick, you start this one off. So it's actually funny. I'm not doing this, but I actually thought about giving it to Mando because he seems like like the immature child that you need to bring around with you now. He's like kicking everything and he doesn't stay in line. <laughs> He's not following the rules. I'm not giving it to Mando. I do feel bad doing this. I hate doing this, but I'm going to give it to Commissioner Hellgate. I, I don't like giving LVPs to characters who I know we're not going to see again. But you did with Dr. I Twilight. Mean, yeah, I know. But that to me, that was like... That, that that could have solved the season if he just did stayed at his if he stayed at his workstation. This is like not that big of a deal, so I don't really hate. I kind of hate doing it, but the big red button is like, <laughs> or maybe his boss for allowing this big red button to be on his desk. But like this big red button for me. All right, so Vin, who's your LVP of the week? Yeah, as much as it pains me because I love Christopher Lloyd, Commissioner Hellgate. Um, he just his plan fell apart. He had a terrible escape plan, and he just got owned by uh, Bo-Katan, our MVP. So definitely, Commissioner Some, Hellgate. something's really good about him, though. I know his name. I know it's Commissioner Hellgate, and I didn't have to look back on the sheet to say what's his name again. I have no clue what Jack's Black character's name was. I have no clue what Wizzo's character's name was. Yeah, I have no clue so, because that's my point from earlier. They completely take you out of it. Yeah, they do. So. Sure. I'm going to go off the board here, a little bit illogical here. And uh, Nick, do you think it says a lot about the Empire they hired Jack Black to be one of their uh, main bombers? Are you giving it to the Empire? I am going to give it to the Empire here because our, as one of our great friends here said on the podcast at one time. The Empire are a bunch of fucking idiots. So Jack, so the Empire gets the LV for hiring Jack Black. And those hires explain why they are no longer ruling the galaxy here. So P, who's your LVP? I think the LVP is the New Republic for allowing him to be the leader of a planet. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I think I agree with uh, Hellgate being the LVP as well, but like his own wife doesn't believe him when he's like, yeah, I, I promise you, we reprogrammed the droid. So I think the New Republic, the, the, the rehabilitation program that they've made is definitely an LVP just throughout the season so far is what we saw. But I think the New Republic gets the LVP for allowing this guy to do the really, really bad things with the Empire and just be like, okay, yeah, you could be a leader in the New Republic now. Yeah, so right now, the New Republic is tied with the armor for L for the bottom of the LVP board, Nick. I, I, yeah, I think it makes sense. The New Republic, to me, we've talked about it countless times in the season. They are a freshly painted Empire, and um, the armor, something's up with her, and... And I really hope we find out what is up with her in the next two weeks. Yeah, Vin, the way we've set the New Republic here is basically new coach, same playbook as the Empire. Yeah, exactly. Um, just not doing a great job as we find out about 25 years later. So um, completely agree. Completely right. agree. Just... Next up here, do the grade the episode scale of 1 to 10. 
One is worth the 1978 holiday special. Ten is up to the prison episode of Andor in terms of the best live-action Star Wars content. Vin, you want to lead us off? Your give us your grade. I'm going to give it a six and a half. I, I had fun. Uh, weird choice for an episode, but but I had a good time. So I don't think it's I don't think it's quite a six, but I feel like seven's too high. So I'm going to go with six and a half. I am using your exact same logic, and I also had a six and a half in mind going into this. So it's like, it's not good enough to be a seven. It's not bad enough to be worse than a six. So I feel like this is the bright sweet spot for it here. So, Pete, you want to weigh in? So I actually am going to give it a 7.5. Um, the reason why I give it uh, a little bit higher is because I enjoyed the episode. I think as an episode alone, it is a good episode. I think we've seen a lot worse with Book of Boba Fett or even Clone Wars or any Bad Batch, Rebels, whatever. So I don't think it's a bad episode. The reason why I knock off two and a half points is because five minutes of the episode had to do with the season storyline, which started way too late. Yeah. If we were seeing this in the beginning of the season, it would have ranked a lot higher. But I still enjoy the episode. So seven and a half. Uh, Nick, round us out. Also seven and a half. Um, exactly what Pete said. I, I, the only issues I had with this episode were the cameos really took me out of it. And the and it's not even it's not even I guess it is a cameo, but it's like a big criticism of Disney Star Wars so far has been we're going to shove a character in your face that, you know, and you're just going to like it because, you know, the character. This isn't even that this is we're going to shove an actor in your face that, you know, it's not even a character anymore. It's a real life figure in front of you. So that's disappointing. But two of them. Yeah, two of them, maybe three of them, really. And Christopher was more of an actor, I feel like, than the other two. Yeah, I mean, Jack Black is just too distinct. I like him as an actor. He's just, it's too obvious as soon as you see him that it's him. Yeah, yeah I feel like it was like, remember in the 90s sitcoms when they'd have like a really famous guest star and then the laugh track, everyone would go, oh, that's how yeah. it felt as soon as, as soon as they, both of them came up. It just kept, felt like a 90s sitcom and it just took me out of it. Like what Mike Piazza shows on the random episode of Baywatch and we just like focus on him for five minutes. <laughs> Wait. I did not even know that happened. Mike Piazza was in an episode of Baywatch. Yeah, there was an episode of Baywatch. I think they filmed it during the baseball strike in 1994. <laughs> I need to go find this clip online immediately. Yeah, it's after it's definitely podcast. on YouTube. Thank you. It's definitely on YouTube. There's like a clip of like him practicing his baseball swing on the beach, and he helps rescue somebody in the water. He wasn't, on the, he wasn't on the Mets then, was he? was he? on Dodgers. No, Dodgers. It's a hysterical clip because Mike's such a terrible actor. It's just so funny. That's awesome. And I got to look. He does share a seat with Pamela Anderson, too, so he has a big win there. <laughs> Lucky him. Absolutely. Here. Next up here, last part of the episode here. Predictions for next week here. I'm going to sort of not... I, I have one thought here I'm going to lay out here. I don't think we're done with the Ugnaughts. I think we're going to see Mando collect IG-88, bring him to the Ugnaughts, and he's, they're going to fix IG-88 so he's with them for the rest of the season here. That's my prediction here. So, Pete, anything you want to add? Um, I think we're getting our main villain of the storyline next week. Um, I think that we do get an older storyline come back into play uh, when it comes to either this season or last season. I just don't, uh, there's so many, un, there's so many loose ends in this season. I feel like they can go back to anything. I, not to say the droid arc is dead, but I just don't know how they're going to organically throw that in there. Okay, that's fair. Nick, you're up. You cut out. Were you talking to me or Vin? Yeah, Nick, you're you're next. Oh, um, 
I think that we're going to get Elliot Kane together and we're going to see Moff Gideon. I think it's time that we advance in that part of the story. Now, the only thing that concerns me is you can't introduce Moff Gideon as the villain and then get him killed in the next episode. Then what was the point? So I think he's going to be safe. But I think we're going to see Elliot Kane, see Gideon, a little Alaska, Casca, Ask Wolves, Casca Reeves situation with all of them kind of thing. And 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 I think that it's possible that um, we do reunite Mandalore, and someone has something to say about that, and that someone is Thrawn. So I, I, I that's where I think we're headed. This the end of the season is that kind of what we've been hoping for for a long time. So you're calling your shot that the big uh, bomb is talking about they hate from us is that the, the Thrawn's going to be revealed in this show? I think he's going to be in like a post credit scene at the end of at the end of the season, not in the show directly though. So basically, something about they beat Gideon again, and all of a sudden we see that like Thrawn does the fan. I was like, fine, I'll do it myself, kind of deal. Exactly, he's going to grab his gauntlet or whatever he has. All right, so uh, Vin, you anything you want to predict for happening next week? Um, I don't, I don't really know. I, I think there's some ominous stuff going on with Moff Gideon, um, and I think. The armor just has been so weird this season. Um, I think I think there's there's some twist coming with her. So that's that's all I got. I can't figure out where the season's going, but those two, I feel like there's something some we're gonna get something with them in the next episode. Yes, you think Greg, I know Nixon talking about this. He feels like we're gonna worry about the armor's actual identity at some point. Yeah, it just she's been super shady this entire season. Um, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't get why she all of a sudden doesn't care that Bo-Katan's not wearing her helmet. I, you know, but made such a big deal about Jin Jardin not uh, taking off his helmet, made him go to Mandalore and, and there was no development for that decision. So I think something weird's happening. We're going to find out something about her that's, that we're not going to be happy about. So. Yeah, Vin, my, my my thing with her is that I don't think it's a coincidence that the horns on her helmet look exactly like Maul. You know, you, I mean, maybe. maybe. I think that she is one of the Maul DeLoreans from the Clone Wars or 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 maybe someone who supported Maul and wasn't mm-hmm. a man, wasn't part of that at the time. Maybe she was younger or something like that. But I, I think she's someone like that, someone that we should not, not be friendly with yeah we shouldn't trust yeah. the, trust the armor yeah we should not be trusted no. i agree all right i know pete you have one point you wanted to get to in this episode we can get to it yes you want to do it here before we wrap up yeah so there's just two quick points the first quick point is disney really needs to get off this crap of only having eight episode seasons for the mandalorian and only allowing it to be under an hour i think that they're hurting themselves by doing this they have the budget they have the money for it Flush out the storyline. Stop with this crap where we have to wait until episode five or six of the season to get any sort of excitement. Um, if this was a 12-episode season, I feel like we have better success with the season, even with the, this filler. That's number one. Number two, I don't think Din Djarin is going to be a major factor in this show for the long run. I think, and mark my words, if in the next two episodes they do not do anything to solidify any importance about this character, they either take Pedro Pascal off the payroll or they only put him on as a voice actor and Din Djarin slowly fades away from this show. We have been shown many a times in this season now, kind of confirming now, that there is literally nothing holding us onto this character except for Grogu, and Grogu wasn't even supposed to be in this season. So if Grogu wasn't in this season, I wonder if they do move away from Din Djarin because Bo-Katan's the clear protagonist of this season. He literally just gave up the Darksaber, which was the only point of interest, in my opinion, that was left for him. And now he has zero purpose. 
just like Nick said, he did his job. He did everything that he wanted to do in seasons one and two. And now he is literally the wrecker of the crew or the comic relief. And to me, as a protagonist, as a top payroll actor, that's very hard to believe they're going to keep paying Pedro Pascal top dollar for him to be the wrecker of the group. Just kind of yeah. throwing that out there. Yeah, Pete, and also something I was thinking too is it, it, even if they went the direction of him leading Mandalore, it, with everything that happened even in the past two seasons, it still would feel weird. It would feel wrong for him to be like the head of the Mandalorians. Like it just would make no sense. So they had, I feel like they had to sideline him eventually, right? Well, Unless, I don't know. Yes. So I, I agree with you. I think Bo-Katan is more of the naturalistic leader of Mandalore, especially because we've seen in Clone Wars. I would rather them have, let's say Bo-Katan does some shady crap because she's in with the armor and the Mandalorian or excuse me, Din Djarin's like, oh, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Defeats Bo-Katan, becomes Lear Mandalore. That's fine. As long as we establish the Thrawn or the huge villain that's behind all this, at least we have something to to root Mando on for. Right yeah. now, like I said, if they don't do anything in, season, in episodes in chapters 23 and 24... That character to me is dead in the water. There is zero yeah. reason why I want to rally behind him except for Grogu. And remember, Grogu wasn't even supposed to be in this season. So to me, it's very concerning. Granted, it may do better with Bo-Katan. It may not. I don't know. It just It's just very odd to me that this character, like I'll reiterate, has become the wrecker of the group. He's yeah. become the, I can, I'm a good pilot. I could be the muscle. But... I, I'm not. I'm rooting for for Bo-Katan. I'm rooting for the Mandalorians as a whole. I'm not rooting for Din Djarin. I'm not even rooting for Grogu. Grogu's just thrown in there because they had to get him back so they can, like you had mentioned, Vin, make their 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 money on the merchandise. So right. just wanted to add that in, just kind of Agreed. like my long term predictions for the show. Yeah, Nick, I'll throw in here real quick. Obviously, Pedro Pascal is a very busy guy. I mean, last of us got picked up for season two. He's in a lot of movies now, so. You know, maybe you get to the point where Bokeh has a face of the show and he's sort of a non, uh, what do you call, guy. But, like, Vince point is also fair here. Like, this storyline would not have made a ton of sense what we know for him to want to be the leader of the planet. So, I'm wondering maybe this season just, you know, set the Mandalorian as a force in the Star Wars universe. And then we're going to have, you, like you said before, maybe get some sort of plot point that sort of takes him and Grogu on their own again for their se- to set us up for season four. Maybe it's this Thrawn threat, maybe something else. Perhaps. The Thrawn, the Thrawn thing scares me. It, it, it Hopefully... Thrawn is not just a pathway to finding Ezra in Ahsoka. Hopefully Thrawn is more than that. That is my fear, though, that they just use Thrawn as a... Ahsoka wants to find Thrawn, because if she finds Thrawn, she could find Ezra. End of show. Yeah, I do feel like I've, that Thrawn is sort of the big bad guy, that is the Thanos of this part of the universe here, and that like he's got Let's hope. a scheme cooked up here. I think that we're going to end up eventually defeating Thrawn, then sort of realize that, oh, like... He, what he did was like he set up groundwork for what happened in the sequel. I feel like that's sort of the plan here. We can only hope, Mike. We can only hope. That's it for us this week here. Vin, I want to thank you for coming on here. Always a lot of fun when you come on the podcast with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to uh, coming on in the future. Appreciate it, Mike. Absolutely here. Pete, if you want to follow me on social media, I'm going to do that. At PJConsidori29 on Twitter. All right, absolutely, Nick. One more time. People want to follow the Sky Guy on social media, I'm going to do that. At Sky Guys Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We recently posted a meme. First one in a while. Plus, there was some April Fool's news from us on uh, on Twitter. That's right. Oh, yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, we talked about Vin on Twitter. We talked revealed on April Fool's Day the exclusive Pelly Motto show dropping on Disney Plus. It's, they're announcing a Star Wars celebration. 
<laughs> Hopefully that didn't spread. Yeah, well, I, I'm not sure about that one, but you can also follow me on Twitter, mphilips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. This week over on the Just and the Suffering podcast, I wrapped our March Madness cover with Troy Moriello and Nick. Our good friend Dan DiMartino is also on the podcast. He previewed the Masters. Um, he did a great job when he was with us two weeks ago, and hopefully he'll be back soon. Yeah, we'll see if he's back in the future for stuff. That's it for us this week. We'll be back next week to talk all about Chapter 23. We'll see if we get some more development from Mando, get some more plot lines up and more. But until then, may the force be with you.